welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and I'm joined today by Emily Trotter. Hi Ed. Emily works for the Salvation Army as a chaplain in a school in Bradford and we thought we'd have a conversation today about what school's ministry looks like and um, the specifics of her context in Bradford but also what that's going to look like after the coronavirus and going into this new normal that we're going to be experiencing in the next few months. So would you be all right just starting by telling us a little bit about yourself Emily? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I'm 28 years old. I currently live in Castleford and we're a worship at the Salvation Army in Castleford. And I've been working as a school's chaplain at Emmanuel College in Bradford, coming up to four years now. Um, before that, I was really involved in other kinds of church ministry um, and schools ministry across Wakefield. So working with different youth projects there. Um, and aside from sort of work and, and church stuff, I live with my husband, Matthew, who is a primary school teacher. Um, and yeah, I think that's about all the noteworthy things to say about me, really. That's interesting. So you're both involved in working in schools, but in slightly different roles. Yeah. Do you find that you kind of bounce off each other with that and influence how each other do your roles within the school environment? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's interesting. Matthew is is very much a, a primary school teacher. He he works really well with younger children, um, and he's very much loved by younger children. I'm I'm much more passionate about the teenage years, and so there are quite a lot of differences in our approaches to work. Um, you know, he has to maybe wipe noses, and um, you know, he has to help young people with swimming lessons and things like that. Um, and I don't think that's really kind of up my up my street or my um I much prefer a sort of hard-nosed teenager that's a bit of a difficult nut to crack that's my that's my kind of niche thing but yeah we both really love children we love to be around children we love education and believe that education really is um is part of offering God's kingdom to to children and young people excellent so you mentioned earlier that you've been in your role for about four years now at uh, the school that you work at. Could you tell us a little bit what that context looks like um, compared to other schools that maybe you've done some ministry in? Uh, is it different? How do, how do things work there? Yeah, so I... Um... I run out of like a small glorified porter cabin really, which is found in the grounds of the school um, at Emmanuel College. And I think the key thing that's different about um, working in, in this setting at Emmanuel is that um, I'm present on site all the time through the week. So often when you have faith in schools projects um, or youth services that are going into school, they're going in and occupying the space for a short time. Um, you know, maybe once a week or every now and again um, to do special lessons and things, but actually being present and being a constant presence in the school um, makes it quite an incarnational sort of model. It, it makes it, um, you know, it opens windows. It, it actually really feels like you're a minister of a church, but your congregation is, you know, 1,200 students. And that holds great power when it comes to loving and caring for people to be there consistently. Um, yeah it's a great it's a great thing to be and it's very unique in that respect yeah that's really interesting so you're there throughout the week like you just mentioned and I'm, I'm guessing that gives you lots of opportunities to not just get to know the students but form really good relationships with the teachers and other staff that's on site yeah definitely and, and that's another part of it's a, it's kind of another 
part of my role really is to care also for the staff and to just walk the corridors and be present with with the people schools are an amazing place for community to happen um, and yeah I think especially through lockdown and through Covid it's been really bizarre not to feel that sense of community walking down the corridors and stopping and and saying hello to people um, but definitely that that's where I love to be is among students and among among staff yeah so before coronavirus I think it's difficult now we have to space out these different time frames of what life looked like but yeah. what was kind of your your average week what did that look like in terms of program or the, the spontaneous things that happened what what would yeah your day-to-day look like working in a school yeah, so the beauty of the expression at Bradford is that there's a lot of creativity to be had in the role. So my usual week would um, consist of various programme activities, and that includes um, a small group of students that would meet for breakfast every Wednesday, and then we'd pray together. We'd start the school day by praying um, whatever's on their hearts or for their friends, for their teachers. Um, that would happen every week, which is a particular highlight. And then also lunchtime activities, social times, um, kind of little little bubbles of community were happening. Um, and yeah, after school groups really, where we discuss, you know, relationships and wisdom for life and, and faith topics as well. Um, and then through the school day, I would do transitional work, helping young girls, especially growing confidence, healthy relationships. Um, and really it would be about just listening to what the, the context and the culture needs in that moment. For example, when I, when I first started there, we were having a lot of, of young girls that were in relationships that weren't particularly healthy, that were coming to me and asking for advice. And so in response to, to that happening in the context, I would then put together a program to, to intervene and to just educate them a little bit on what is good and, and what's not. So, um, yeah, the programme element was up and running and, and, and going well and working well um, pre-COVID. So that'll be an interesting thing moving forward, definitely. Yeah, and we'll definitely come back to what that'll look like um, yeah. it, going into the future later on. But I, I'm really interested when you kind of talk about, um, I guess, the in my head, when we talk about schools ministry, I see there being lots of openness to talk about kind of the wisdom stuff, the relationship stuff. But you also mentioned you have a lot of opportunities to talk about, um, I, guess, I guess, Jesus and stuff that's a lot more um, evangelical. Yeah. How, how open would you say that young people are to kind of faith conversations in a deeper way from your experience? Yeah, I think we're at a really interesting time culturally with with what we call Generation Z, which is that they are, um, you know, they have so many things seeking their attention more than we've ever had before with social media, with the digital age that we're in. Um, everything is vying for their attention. And actually that's making them an anxious generation. That's making them, um, you know, we're living in like a post-truth era, the era of fake news. And so in that respect, to be a teenager at this age means that they're having to decipher for themselves constantly what is true, what they believe, and also what they're spiritually searching for. And I think that because of that, I think that there is an openness. What I would say is they probably have preconceptions about religion, not necessarily preconceptions about God. And actually, I think there is a way in to have spiritual conversations with young people because many of them now haven't grown up attending church. Um, even some of their parents actually now at this age don't have um, 
a church experience. And so there's this almost wonderful opportunity to recreate what actually church is. Um, but more importantly, I think they are interested in who God is. The amazing thing is for me, there's been a few, with it being a Church of England school, there are a few Christian students um, that identify, you know, as practicing Christians. But then they, if they like something and if you're in relationship with these students, you naturally then get to know their friends and their friends are curious. And the most important thing to be in that space is non-judgmental. You know, as a 28 year old, I'm very much still forming my own theology. And that's the amazing thing about journeying alongside young people. Their impressions of God are as interesting to learn about and to thrash out with them as, as my own, to be honest. So it's this constant reforming and reevaluating and looking at scripture together and saying, you know, what do you think about that? Which is very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned it's a it's a church school. Does that kind of get open lots of doors for you in terms of the ability to have faith conversations or how would you say that's different to working in a, um, a state school or um, other, other schools that maybe w- aren't as geared up towards um, faith conversations? I think that's a really good question. And what I would say is that it really depends on the individual that's placed in that setting as to how you can be I know I've worked in secular schools before where we weren't allowed to advertise for faith groups um at all um but through conversation you know everything really I would say now for the gospel and for the growth of the gospel it happens through relationship and it happens through curiosity and safe conversation I don't think it ever I don't think at this time um culturally it's going to happen that you advertise for something like that and people to just flock to it um, and to be honest, I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's ever really particularly worked. Um, so, in my experience working in secular schools, I, I still found interest in in Christianity growing because as you love people and as as you demonstrate Christ's love, they think oh, that's interesting. That's not judgmental. That's attractive. Um, but of course, you are yeah. I suppose you are limited what you can do in that space. Um, and also with the Church of England school, we assume that that means Christianity is more talked about or that maybe a certain percentage of students are Christians and have a church background. I would say that's not true, actually. I think that secularization of the world is is happening everywhere. And yeah, we mustn't just assume, therefore, that a Church of England school is a Christian space. Um, I think that the culture at Emmanuel is great. We have a culture where um jesus speak is quite accepted which is great but you know we're all on on a journey of deepening our faith relationship so yeah that's that's an interesting question i have to say of emmanuel the senior leadership there are very very open to christianity which is fantastic and it means yeah we do have a team of people that just love each other very well and that journey faith together which is great yeah that's fascinating yeah i'm also i'm really interested in in chaplaincy as a as a a way of doing youth ministry and i guess that will be quite different because you've done all sorts of other youth work as well haven't you that would be maybe more traditional to what um the church understands as youth ministry would you say that your role role as a chaplain has influenced the way you do 
other sorts of youth ministry, say uh, um, Savage Army summer schools or, um, I, I don't know, youth clubs with your church? Um, how has it kind of changed the way you approach those? Yeah, I think for me, I've done the, I've done the kind of traditional kayaking, residentials, um, playing a lot of pool on a Friday night and doing tuck shops and doing all that kind of, you know, those models that are quite well known and, and lots of churches have. Um, I still think, you know, lots of churches don't invest enough in youth ministry and, and that's a challenge that we just face at the moment. Um, but the, the, the kind of Kairos moments, the life shifting, life enhancing moments that you have with young people where they maybe come to a realization that there is more to life than what they're currently living in always happens through, um, or I think has more meaning when it happens through one-to-one relationships. There is a place for overtly evangelical concerts and you know that of course those things and and testimony at those events it has power it definitely does and and i would say that that is the way of attracting young people you know they like aesthetics so if you can draw them in with um you know a great band or with lights that works to an extent but in the real world and in the nitty-gritty the the life-changing decisions that young people might make follow christ happen through day-to-day consistent demonstration of um of christ and of of loving and caring and also you know not just loving and caring but forgiveness in those those really they're they're searching for their identity they're figuring out who they are and there's moments of demonstrating forgiveness or paving a way through relationships that need reconciling to be there in those moments um those are the moments where our identity is really formed in the grasping of those difficult things. And they might remember an amazing testimony that they heard through a church talk or through, um, you know, a big concert style type thing. Um, but those things don't necessarily translate and can be applied to their everyday living. So just to be with them is, think it's just it's what jesus would have done yeah that's so powerful and it it feels really the word earthy is in is in my head i don't really know why but just that being with people and Mm -hmm. when they're bringing issues to you that they want to talk about those are immediately lived out in the context you're in aren't they it's it's not like they you talk about it in one place and then a few weeks later they go to a different place and have to try and apply it it's all it's all lived out in the, there, isn't it? And I think to, to add to that, you know, this all sounds like wonderful, like grassroots. Oh, you know, it sounds wonderful to phrase it in this way, but it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. In my day to day, I would spend, you know, 10 minutes at lunchtime cleaning out this child's bag because yogurt has split and I'm having to, you know, do that kind of thing. Or I've done, I've done, believe it or not, restorative justice conversations with young people where they've fallen out over their eyebrows, you know. And, and that seems crazy, but every small encounter like that, every seed of, of kind of hope and of care um, leads to further questioning from the young people and also further opportunity. And you're not actually really doing it with the agenda of wanting to lead them to an end point you're doing it just solely out of we love because God first loved us and if in this moment helping them 
clear out their disgusting school bag <laughs> is helpful. <laughs> and that is, that's being the hands and feet of Christ. Okay, so let's let's start tackling one of the big questions that we've got, which will be after post coronavirus, mm-hmm. what what does schools life look like? And I know lots of our listeners will have children or um, will be aware of school situations in some way, and there just seems like there's so much confusion around at the moment about what you can do and what you can't do, and and I wonder how is that all that going to affect your ministry within schools and. Um, I guess also what some of the opportunities that that will bring up as well, because young people will be experiencing all sorts of um, anxiety and stress around this. Um, yeah. How, how will, yeah. How will you be able to respond to that? I guess in your role. Yeah. And it's an interesting one actually, because there's just been a recent national headline about actually um, surveys showing that mental health in young people has has generally improved through lockdown um, and that actually the the suggestion really is that education and schools environments are quite anxiety inducing environments for young people and certainly with the individuals that I've been in contact with over lockdown I think that is generally the case and it's not the same for everybody for young people that have health related anxiety this is a really difficult time um, but I think you know they're in this really high intensity environment that never again in your life again you're going to experience so much judgment so much so many cliques so much peer pressure and also the pressure to achieve and to hit targets and all these things so definitely going back to school is going to be a challenge i was in school yesterday they've installed hand sanitizing stations everywhere and they're going to be functioning in year group bubbles so there'll be a lot of safety measures in place for me the challenge is that like i mentioned and alluded to earlier that the program element of what I do is going to be lost in the in the immediate future. So that community space that we had developed, like churches really, we're not able to, to meet in, in that same way. So finding ways to still let the students explore faith and know that um, sort of I'm still there really, that's a bit of a challenge moving forward. Um, we have just done up the sanctuary garden space so we've put some seating in there we've made it a nice space with lavender we've tried to make it quite a therapeutic environment for one-to-one conversations to still happen so definitely the chaplaincy of journeying with particular individuals will still be there um but yeah it's a bit it's a bit rubbish um but it is just one of those things and i think that god makes a way and you, you know i firmly believe that perhaps some things will maybe die that needed to die and hopefully um, there'll be new growth and what that looks like is currently an unknown to me. But um, yeah, and also just, you know, if there are praying listeners, what I would say is that this is a really difficult time to be a teacher. Um, they are putting themselves on the front line. They're also, they're not only are they educators, but they're a significant part of helping young people process what has happened and yeah we're returning to school for me personally knowing that there's been quite a few bereavements uh grandparents in particular for this generation and so preparing myself really to help them navigate loss and and grief will be a challenge absolutely uh yeah i'm sure that um 
some of our listeners will definitely be praying already for schools, but um, it's it's always a good thing, isn't it, to just remind ourselves of the need for prayer. Um, yeah. We do have a, a listener group with the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I can't say the word miracle sometimes. It comes from <laughs> miracle. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a listener group and sometimes we get questions from listeners in there to the people that we interview. Would you be happy if I kind of open that up if anyone has any questions for you? Yeah, um, to pass on. I'll add you to the group as well so you'll be able to see those. But yeah, thank you so much for your time and for sharing some of your experiences in schools. It's yeah, been really challenging actually to to hear about um, the different ways in which we can engage in schools ministry as a as an organisation, the Salvation Army. Yeah, well, it's been my pleasure. So thank you. Uh, well, thank you all for listening as well, and we shall see you next time. Bye.